You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey everyone, it is Wednesday. It's time for some American wine. We're in here a little early this uh, this Wednesday, two hours early to be exact. The reason for that is I wanted to talk to Michelle Mountain of the Purple Rose Theater Company. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You're joining us via Skype today. Um, you uh, you just got out of a meeting, right? Yes, I just got out of a meeting, and then I have a put-in rehearsal. <laughs> oh yeah, you are you are insanely busy. You have more titles that I could list on the the Facebook promo. Um, when it comes to what you do at the Purple Rose. Um, and we'll get to uh, yeah. get to as much of that as we possibly can, but uh, I always start the interview off <laughs> with the same question, and that question is, where were you born? I was born in Rochester, Minnesota. Rochester, Minnesota. Where in Minnesota is that? Uh, well, it's about 90 miles. I don't know which direction because I'm directionally challenged away <laughs> from Minneapolis. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and did you grow up there? It's famous. No. Sorry. <laughs> I absolutely did that. It's famous. That's where the Mayo Clinic is, the, the original. I was going to say, so, I knew I'd heard Mayo. it somewhere before. I, I knew I'd heard yeah. the name Rochester, yeah. Minnesota. That's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, but you, so yeah. you didn't, you didn't grow up there then. So where did, where did, no, did, I, did you I move did. right away or? Um, that's a good question. I don't know that answer. Um, my dad was in the Air Force. Ah. So I know I lived in Mankato, Minnesota, but I don't remember any of that. Um, I mostly grew up in Wisconsin. Oh, no I kidding. Kindergarten. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, so yeah, you, for, where, in, where in Wisconsin, though? Uh, mostly in La Crosse, which is on the Mississippi River right across from Minnesota. Uh, um, I lived. In, I went to kindergarten in a Milwaukee suburb, and um, then we moved, and then I went to a bunch of college and grad school in Madison. Uh, so you've been in the Midwest your whole life, then? Uh, except for living in San Diego and Seattle with my husband for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's funny. My my parents, my mom's from Minnesota. Her parents actually lived in Mankato for a really long time. And my dad's from Wisconsin. So, so very familiar with both where? of those. Uh, Wisconsin. He's he's from Nina, though, which is by uh, uh, oh, yeah, south of Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, so you grew up mostly in uh, in in Wisconsin, it sounds like then, and and so just just tell us about your childhood. What were you into, and what did you spend your time doing? <laughs> um, uh, well, we moved a lot when I was a kid. I I've counted how many different schools I went to numerous times, and it's a lot. Um, I was really shy, uh, really shy. Um, so what I <laughs> um, I ended up being in a really amazing drum corps for four years um, because well, it was my parents' idea because then I could perform, but I didn't have to talk. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I was part of a drum corps for four years. We toured the whole country except for Alaska and Hawaii, so I got to go all over the place. Um, and then in my junior year in high school, my English teacher pulled me aside and she said, why don't you try out for the play? <laughs> so I did, and there we go. But, yeah, I was mostly in drum corps. So I had friends from, you know, the age of 12, 13 to 21 for, you know, from the time I was 13 until I was 17, which is pretty great, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, what uh, yeah. what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my mom was a nurse. First, she was a regular RN, and um, she also was the head nurse, nurse in the neurology department for a while. And then she started working in infection control um, and was really kind of very big in infection control. She testified for Senator Kennedy. Oh, wow. um, my dad, yeah, my dad for a while worked for a train engineering company. He was a realtor for a while. Um, businessman, businessman. Yep. Okay. Uh, what kind so of a I had student? Kind of a normal uh, family. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, sounds like it. Yeah. I hear nurse a lot from people's, uh, from when I ask what your parent, what did your parents do? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what kind of a student were you? Oh, um, aside from shy. (laughs) Oh, I got really great grades. I liked school. If I listened and read, I was fine. I didn't actually have to study because school was easier, quite frankly, you know, for math and stuff. I just memorized where we were. I'm not kidding in the chapter. And that's how I got A's on the tests. (laughs) Well, that actually works. (laughs) I actually have to. 
Well, it worked when I was in school because I'm a lot older than you. I didn't have to prove that I could actually apply things. I just had to regurgitate them. Uh, <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, I bombed math. math. You know, I had yeah. to retake math yeah. like every year. <laughs> I don't think I ever got past algebra. So. Yeah, uh, luckily I didn't have to go past algebra and geometry, so I stopped. And then some miracle, when I got to college, I didn't have to take any math. So. Oh, man. I, I lucked out somehow. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So, but you said before we get into college, you said it was it freshman year that the, the teacher pulled you aside and said, "Hey, you should try out for the play." Sophomore. sophomore. Sophomore year, and what was the play? Oh my God! It was pillow talk. Pillow talk. Yeah, it's it's famous for being. I've actually never seen it, but it was a Rock Hudson Doris Day movie, I think, in the fifties. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I I, I auditioned and I got the supporting role. Of the maid. <laughs> yeah. So. And and had you had any like interest in theater prior to that, or was it a total out of nowhere yeah, thing? Yeah, tons. I just didn't want to have to talk. Uh, when I was, um, I think, five, there was a gr- group in t- the AAUW in, in La Crosse put on a kids' show every year. And so the first year that my mom took me, it was The Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> And I was so scared because the gist of the story was if you didn't see the clothes, you were unworthy. Oh, really? So I, I remember just sitting there terrified. I wanted to ask my mom if she could see them, but I was scared that she could. So when they, when it was revealed that there weren't any clothes, I remember the blocking. I was so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year they did Winnie the Pooh, and I figured out that Christopher Robin was played by a girl. And I, I thought, okay, this is it. I can, you can be anything. So that's that's when I started to get interested, but I wasn't about to tell anyone. <laughs> well, that must have been pretty encouraging then when you try out for your first show and you immediately get a supporting role. And it's like, hey, I must have some, some ability at this, like right off the bat. Well, actually, luckily enough, I was too like naive to know that meant much. So I was just glad to be there. And did you did you was that it? Were you were you off to the races at that point? Were you always involved in theater after that or did you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Pretty much. And I kept, you know, I kept thinking I should have like um, a more socially uh, helpful career. Like I thought I should be a teacher or this or that. And but I finally one day admitted to myself and this was in my 30s oh, that I was not Mother Teresa and I didn't have to be, you know, so. Huh. Well, so, so, so I worked in theater the whole time, and I was just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Well, um, that's that's really interesting. That you went that long, you know, before admitting that to yourself. I mean, why do you think it took so long? Because I was raised a good girl from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did it the whole time. I just had other jobs. I mean, you know, I was always working, but I also, you know, taught at private schools, and you know. Did stuff like that. But so you you wanted to be an actress like right from the get go. Then you were like, "This is what I want to do for a living." Like this is I don't have any other ambitions yeah. other than this. P- pretty much, yeah. My my one brother, so he's like, "You just don't know what you want to do." I was like, "Yeah, you know, not sorry." <laughs> yeah, that's uh that that's actually quite a um. I mean. It sounds like a huge load off, really, for kids, because most kids don't know what the hell they want to do. It seems like the ones that do know what they want to do go go out and do it. So that's that's great. And here you are, right? So um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so you tell me about college. I know you got your master's at Wisconsin, um, but uh, where where was the rest of it? Um, I started out in La Crosse, the town I grew up in, because my family moved to Pennsylvania, so my state where I was. Ah. and then I got married <laughs> and went to Madison and finished. And then we went to New York and then that didn't work out. And um, we came back to try and fix the marriage, which was not fixable. So then I was in Madison and I loved Madison. So I auditioned and went to grad school there. And and so uh, you, you, you majored in theater for your undergrad too then? Yeah, eventually once I chose. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, I was putting it off telling my parents, you know, because right. I am the oldest. Oh, are you? How many siblings do you got? I have two younger brothers. All right. Um, yeah. 
So tell me about tell me about your your uh, your master's degree though, because that was it sounds like I mean you you know that was when you were really buckling down and and you know like you said you'd come back from New York and you're like okay I'm admitting to myself this is what I want so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. So tell oh, me about it. It was great. It was great. I mean, we um a good chunk of what we did at that time in the program was study um tai chi and katakali katakali and kalari payet is a Southeast Indian martial arts program. Because then we, Katakali is an ancient Southeast Indian theater dance thing. So that was, that was a big chunk of part of the, the program. We didn't do Katakali, but, um, cause it takes decades to train, but just opening up the world that way. And I, I was, I'm doing a teen camp this week and next week and just telling them that what a relief it was to learn that in India, if you practice, Katakali, you weren't expected to be really good until you're in your 40s. So I was like, oh, okay, we can take time to master this thing. Um, but I also had a million movement classes. We did comedia, we did mask work, we did neutral mask, we did circus. Um, I did, you know, all of your acting classes. There was also an academic component, so we read a lot and wrote. Um, I thought it was, it was, for me, it was a great program. Yeah, that's really interesting that the, the there was like a, a psychological aspect to it. Like a, it sounds like almost like is was it like yoga? Is that what it, it was? Um, no, it isn't yoga, but but sure. I mean, in the fact that it's a discipline that's not Western. I mean, Tai Chi is Tai Chi, you know, which uh-huh. is more common now, but it wasn't then. Um, and yeah, the Kalari Pai, it's 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 a martial art. Um, so it's actually it's like it's fighting way different than taekwondo yeah it well it, it, it's it used to be to train fighters now it's a form just like you know people who take aikido or tai chi or taekwondo i mean that's that's really cool that that was like a, a central part of the program it's like we have to get you your bodies your your bodies in shape and we have to make sure that you know oh, you guys are, are physically well so that your minds can be well so that you can uh you can do this the right way and and that, right and, and yeah and there's, there's that whole Zen thing you know when you're doing a movement practice like that where you know obviously you have to be alert and pay attention and respond but it's not the the thinking brain so much. Is that fairly common around in, in like master's programs for theater around the country? Because I've never heard of that. That's like when you hear like football players taking ballet. It's like something completely opposite of what you'd think. But then when you hear about, it, you're like, actually, well, I, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I know color pie is not common. Um, I imagine, because I haven't taught grad programs and I didn't go anywhere else, but, and I don't know, uh, I did spend time, my husband wound up graduating in set design with his master's from UCSD, so I, you know, we were all friends. Um, I don't know what their movement, actually, they had circus, they learned how to do tightrope, I remember, because that's what one of their movement teachers was interested in. Uh, I learned how to do tightrope, tightrope too. So I don't know what's common or uncommon, but certainly movement classes are an integral part of any grad program, and they should be part of an undergrad too. Yeah, that's, in my opinion, <laughs> that's interesting. I'd never heard of that before, but that's really cool. Um, yeah, so because if you're just doing scene study, you're not learning. Yeah, well, that's enough. the thing. It's and like you said, like you're they're making you walk a tightrope. It's like it's this isn't just performance theater. This isn't just you know traditional theater. It's every kind of theater, basically. Yeah, that circus class, I mean, it was an elective, you know, but still, um, it, it involved tumbling, and everyone had to learn how to juggle. And then you could, then we tried out all these other things, and you picked another skill. Um, I was, my friend and I, who wound up being the only two who kept doing tightrope, uh, we were the worst jugglers in the class. We couldn't juggle to save our lives until we started using scarves, because they're slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then our professor remember said, don't tell anybody you can actually do this now. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so some people spun plates, some people walked on stilts. Uh, we all tried unicycle. I can't remember if anybody did that. Um, it was great. Can you still tightrope yeah. walk? Like if you, if you had to do that, could you if still I do had, it? Probably, but I need more practice. I used to, we used to do that as a thing at the theater. Um, I brought that to the theater and then. It became a, a building code thing. Um, I have back trees in my backyard, and 
every once in a while, ask my husband if we can get the rope and to come along. And he says, yes, so I should just put one up again. A good place to practice are those chain things in, in parking lots. Oh, yeah. You know, those kind of, that's a slack rope, but it's a great place to practice. And the way we were taught is it was, it was 18 inches high, I think, at first, because the first thing you learn is to jump off because you're just not allowed to fall. So, you know, letting go of the ego, if you even suspect you're going to fall, you jump off. Mm-hmm. So once you can do that, and the cool thing to me about tightrope is you have to be completely present, but you're always moving forward, which is just like acting. Yeah, more of that Zen stuff right there. So, there Well, yeah, go. and also all these things are metaphors for what you're doing, you know. You're in one place, fully present, but you're moving forward in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So uh, tell me about... Once you got your master's, what happened then? Um, well, I met my husband in that program, and his teacher, his design teacher is Romanian, and UCSD snatched him up. So he took Vince, my husband, with him. So I was, I was in my second year, so I finished and then moved to San Diego. And we were there for a couple of years, and I did a lot of work with, you know, people in and just out of UCSD's grad program. And I'm still friends with some of them. We are. Um, and then we didn't want to stay in San Diego necessarily. It was very expensive. Um, and Vince got, uh, I think, an assistantship, design assistantship with Seattle Rep. So we thought, what the heck? So we moved to Seattle because we both, both knew we didn't really want to move to New York. We just we didn't care about that. Um, so I was pregnant and we moved to Seattle and we were both freelancing. and. We were there until we had our son and six dollars and no health insurance. <laughs> and uh, my husband was on an NEA TCG design fellowship and met uh, a woman who said, "Hey, there's this job open at U of M. Why don't you apply?" And we thought there was no way because you know he's 28, 29 years old and had tattoos and earrings and stuff. And they hired him. <laughs> so we came here thinking we'd stay two years. And we're still here. Well, and, and how long ago was that when you uh, when you moved to Michigan? Then? Um, I, uh, let's see. I think uh, I'm going to guess 24 years. Oh wow! So mid 90s then, about. Yeah, it was 93. Oh, okay. Of it. Uh, and then you I taught think, at U of M I too, think. right? Yeah, I would. I would. I te- I taught um, some what was it, uh, acting for non-majors, and I taught um, Scene Study 3 for the, the the musical theater kids a few times. Yeah, and I worked with the undergrad and grad uh, opera students a lot, you know, for like a couple weeks a, a, a year doing improv and acting stuff. And so, I mean, throughout all this, this time, though, San Diego, Seattle, and then Michigan – you were still doing theater, like you were you you were still auditioning and 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 all that, or did, yeah. had you kind of uh, you were yeah. just working your jobs? Uh, well, I did all those things. You know, I had, I mean, when our first son was <laughs> an infant, I taught pretty much every other kid through Seattle Children's Theater. Um, so, and my husband was, like I said, a designer, so. He and a friend had a studio in the garage of the flat we worked in. So he, you know, Henry would hang with them in the morning and I'd go teach and then I'd come home. And then if I had a show, you know, he, you just make it work. You either with the other one either babysits or you grab a friend or, I mean, one time here, I remember, because our families aren't here. Um, my husband was at the Alley Theater in Houston and I was at Meadowbrook, I think. And I had to find 18 babysitters. Oh, my God. But I did. Well, I did, because that's what you do. And and until I started working full-time at the theater here, I just freelanced. So I had all kinds of weird jobs all the time, you what, know. What were you um, freelancing? Like, what was the, what were you doing? Um, well, the teaching I did at U of M would be, you know, a class at the time. Um, YPT, Young People's Theater in Ann Arbor, I directed a lot of shows for them and taught classes and did camps for them. I worked for Wild Swan. I worked with Wild Swan Theater for a while. Um, you know, just that kind of stuff. 
Wow. So, I mean, I mean, so you were a, you were a survivor then. I mean, you, like you said, you just made it work. Like that was, that was what you did. Well, you know, what are you going to do? No one's going to hand it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody. And if, you know, so you can cry about it or you can get a bunch of jobs. I mean, it does. I have to be fair. It helps. You know, my husband's in the business too. We knew what we were getting into. Um, so, you know, <laughs> There you go. So that's what you did. But so we're, yeah. it sounds like we've kind of arrived at because you said you admitted to yourself like in your 30s that you, you had the yeah. conversation where you're like, this is what I want. It sounds like we're, we're pretty much at that point because you said you, you moved in your 28, 29. Um, so could you just tell us about that moment for yourself where you're like, I'm the, all this freelancing is good and all that, but I need to, I want to actually do this and I'm, I, I want to. Well, know. it wasn't even a question about the freelancing because I was already doing that. I, I remember. And I was older than 29, you're very kind. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I remember um, I was working for a professional theater in the area, and I looked at my husband and I said, um, if I actually let myself be as good as I can be, I'm not going to finish what I asked, but basically, is that okay? And he looked at me and said, yeah, as long as you never ask me that question again. <laughs> so, so Yeah. So it was like, okay, I can commit to this. It doesn't mean I stopped doing all my freelance jobs. It meant I was just like, okay, I'm actually going to let myself do my best instead of mostly my best. And so, and so what happened then? Like, what was the first step you took? I just made that choice. And then I kept doing what I was doing. And then I started working, you know, uh, not that long after that, actually, a couple years, maybe um, at the Purple Rose. Because I, I, I really do think the, you know, it's that Goethe quote, once you commit, you know, then the universe basically works for you. Did you, I but mean... But if you're hesitant, if you're hesitant, if you're hesitant, you're going to just be hesitant and things aren't going to work. But once you fully commit, then, you know, I don't remember the full quote. I should look it up again. But once you commit, then basically miracles happen. You know, that's not the quote at all. But, Look it up, it's Gerda. <laughs> no, that, well, I've I, I had a guest on who's a, a drummer in Nashville. He drums for country artists, and I've I'd known him for, um, I mean, since I was in high school. And I remember I asked him like, "So, how did you do this?" And he's like, "I didn't have a backup plan because I knew if I had a backup plan, I would end up yeah. doing the backup plan." So it's pretty much the same yeah. thing you just said. It's I I fully committed. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what? I think that's why I like never got an education degree or my actual teaching certificate because I am a good teacher and I like kids. I'm not afraid of kids, but I, I know, you know. And did you notice, like you said, you committed, how long did it take for the universe to catch up to you? Was it pretty immediate or did it take a little bit? Depends on how long you mean by a little bit. I mean, in the big picture, it didn't take long at all. I mean, I, I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, it probably took two and a half years to really land. But then it was off and running. And the job at the Purple Rose, uh, tell us about that. Like, how did you first hear about the Purple Rose? And then how did you actually get, get to work <laughs> at the Purple Rose? Before we moved, one of my friends in Seattle had been um, done the internship at Louisville. And we had done a show together in Seattle. And she said, hey, there's this little theater, Jeff Daniels. You should check it out. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and we moved here. And like I said, I was toddler and then and then that winter I got pregnant and I thought oh shit my life's over <laughs> you know <laughs> um and I was working for Wells Wine then which made a huge difference because I was still doing theater and some of my friends said hey there are these classes take one because they'll get to know you so I did and then um I just basically kept bugging guy <laughs> you know I wanted to understudy I wanted to do readings I knew how to teach I could teach a whole lot of things so I just kept bugging him and I started, you know, teaching a little bit. Um, there was a program at Albion, and they let me teach with them. Um, I kept taking classes, I think, and I started getting to do greenhouses and workshops. And then um, they needed a person for Book of Days because another person uh, chose not to do it. And so a uh, guy had me audition, and we videotaped everything because Lanford had approval and I got the job. And I mean, some of it was flat out just perseverance, you know? Yeah. Ask for what you want. I remember and then, you, know, you guys yeah, saying that. And, and, and also be ready. I mean, I was ready. So when I got my shot, I 
did it. You know, and I, I'd been, I'd done the generals and I'd been called in a couple of times already for, at, you know, callbacks. Um, and like I said, they, they put me in some greenhouses and things. So they got to know me a little bit and, um, you know, I kept showing up. And you've been there ever since. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I gotta say just, just to back up a little bit. Um, I know, I know for my audience, I've said this with like every person that I've had on from the purple rose, but I, I met you, uh, I took the actor director lab last fall and you taught it yeah. with guy Sandville. Um, yeah. so, uh, so that was, like you said, you're a good teacher. You, you are definitely a good teacher. Like there is this, it was really just such a good vibe. The whole, the whole two months it was about that we were, we were, we were in there. Um, Thank and, you. uh, yeah. And, and I remember the very first class though, we were doing the walk around thing and, for some reason, you, oh, yeah. you picked me as like the de- to do the demo of like we're gonna stop and stare into into the, this person's eyes and like see this person. And uh, oh, sorry, no, no, no. I was like, but no, I was like, I was like, this is so cool. I feel like this is so positive. I've never n- never felt like it's such a positive vibe from a room oh, before. So, um, so I, I'll never forget that, and I also never forget that. I remember on the last day of class, guy was talking to us and just giving us you know advice about uh career paths and things and he said ask for what you want uh and that's yeah. that's good advice just for life in general not even you know not even just for well, theater you, it is for anything if you don't ask people can't know that you want it mm-hmm. you know we don't read each other's minds and we don't necessarily presume to know so if you don't ask if you don't you know and it takes courage to ask sure but so does you know walking across the street sometimes yeah, and that that gets back into what you were talking about before with the commit thing. That's part of committing yeah. is yeah. You can't ask if you don't admit to yourself first. This is what I want. Yeah, yeah, and I mean everybody's scared. You know, I mean it's a scary business. It's it's it gets less scary kind of the more you do it, and then you worry. Oh no, am I? Do I still have it? You know, right. I mean, Meryl Streep has had that worry. I heard her in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I'm gonna list off some because you. You're an actress, obviously. You direct. Your titles at the Purple Rose are Apprentice Chief, which so you run the the Apprentice uh, program, Literary Manager, Director of Educational Programming. So you do a ton of uh, of stuff. And um, I'd like to talk about uh, I'll, the first thing we'll get into uh, is uh, I want to talk to you about acting because that's you you were doing that sure. since you were a sophomore in high school. Um, yeah. What I'll just I'll just fire off a couple of quick questions at you to start. But uh, what's the I know you've played a ton of roles, but does one stick out in your mind as your favorite where you're just like, I fit this part really well, or it just was a really great show or anything? Like, what's the first one that comes to mind? Wow. You know, well, there's a couple. I mean, I mean, playing Kate in All My Sons was hands down the hardest thing I've ever done. And we were, I was shocked. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I will work with Richard McWilliams and, and Guy, of course, anywhere at any time and everybody else in that cast too. But um, I loved playing Ellie and Across the Way. Um, uh, I mean, who gets to do streetcar, you know, um, I played Amanda in Glass Menagerie when uh, people were like, you're not old enough. And I'm like, I'm exactly the right age. I'm just not 60. Like people are now, um, Elvira in Blay Spirit. I think I was terrible, but it was still really fun. <laughs> um, and of course, Book of Days. That was, I mean, Lanford Wilson was my hero in undergrad. And then I'm in the, I'm in the room with him. It was it was my first show and Carrie Krim was also in that and she's my best friend, you know, and has been forever. I mean, you know, yeah. So there's those. <laughs> yeah. Well, who were two things who really quick, who were you in book of days? I was, uh, I, I was Sharon. I was, um, Walt's wife. So here's another story. Like, don't say no. I was 37 when they had me audition. The woman's 52. Right. Mm. Well, who cares? So I was like, I got an audition. I'm going. And I got cast. Well, you know, if we did it next year, I'd play the same part. Right? Mm-hmm. So Guy will say this. Don't take you out of the room. You know, if somebody calls me tomorrow to audition for Juliet, I'm going to think they're crazy. But I'm going to go see what's up. What kind of crazy are they? You know? Yeah, you never know. Never know what's going to happen. You don't. You do not. So, you know, go in and do your best. That's all you can do. You can't control anything other than showing up and doing your best and what you might choose to wear, you know? Um, 
I, the other thing I wanted to say is I, you mentioned all my sons. I saw you in yeah. uh, Never Not Once uh, last winter. Oh, I winter. liked that one too, of course. And uh, But then all my sons. I was familiar with the play. I'd never seen it. The end of that play was I walked out of that theater like, what the F? Like, I, I could not believe how I, I was like, I was I was shook, I think is the word, you know? And yeah. uh, so yeah. I, you said that was that was incredibly hard to do. I can totally... Uh, I can totally see that. I mean, I can't uh, to do that night after night and have to do uh, it was, to cry like that and to it take hard. it out of you. It was but, hard. And I have sons. So, you know, <laughs> never not once is, of course, I mean, Carrie's my best friend. Uh, that's one. That's a play that will always be dear to my heart. Getting to do that, getting to do that. The people who came who needed to see that play, all of that. So important. But I I got what I needed in that play. Cause people are like, how did you do that? How did you do that? It's like, you don't understand. I got everything I needed. I got the admission. I got the apology and I still have my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But yeah, guess what? It's way too many people's stories and it's about time. It's been being told. Right. And the male or female, you and, know, and the end of that, I, that the end of that play was very satisfying for me. Just like literally yeah. the last line, which I won't spoil anything, but it's a significant, right. You know, right. thing. So. Yeah. Well, and all my sons, I have to say, Guy has to get huge credit always. But the way he, we approach that play, there's a trap in that play, um, the way it's usually done. Joe Keller is usually very bombastic, and you know he's guilty. And Kate is usually, pardon my language, but just flat-out bitchy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well... That's pretty one-dimensional. So Guy wasn't going to go that way. And he, um, you know, he pulled me aside and whispered two words to me. And I said, oh, okay. And I'm not going to tell you what they are. But, you know, I knew what he meant. And I said, early career, late career. And he said, late. I said, vulnerable or crazy. And, and then he didn't answer. I said, oh, okay, both. You know, and then I could take it my own way. Had he had not said that, I don't know what would have happened. But, you know, those that kind of code word, because we worked together so long, it's like, oh, this is really weird. But, of course, I'm going to go 150% with what what I, what I'm, what he wants. I don't know, because he wants to see what I take, what I do with what he gives me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've worked together for a long time. You know, so it's just like, okay, okay. And that just led to all kinds of things. And then, you know, so many doors open up, so many windows open up when you don't, have to get to make yourself do it the way you think you're supposed to. I mean, human behavior is all over the place, you know? Yeah. People but, behave irrationally all the time. Well, you know? I, I have to ask though, like, like, cause getting like human behavior, like how do you, how the hell do you take that? Like I said, night after night, you had to, to pull that type of emotion out of yourself over and over. like, how do you even do that? How did, and I, if I'm sure it had well, to do with the two words that that guy said to you, but like those helped it anyway. Well, not really. I mean, that, that helps, but the real job is if you listen and the text is any good at all, you're fine. If you listen and make it about your partner. Now, had I been working with people who don't play together, we couldn't have had a show. You know, and Richard and I have a history of, of, of work we've done together. So we don't, we, we can do anything and we know it, you know, um, and that goes for the rest of the cast too. But, but, um, you know, Richard and I and Caitlin and Ryan had to, <laughs> well, and so did David Bendina, quite frankly, playing George is no picnic. Right. Um, but it's really, if the material's good and you just go with it and with your team, you're going to be there. It's when you try to fight it or try to help the material or try to make impose your idea that you probably don't even know you have on it instead of just trusting that together we're going to do this thing. You know, it's not a solo activity. So together we're going to do this and then we can kind of ride that ship together. If that makes any sense. Right. Right. Like catching the wave together. It's, it's like, well, wave of yeah, emotion. yeah. Yeah. My son would say that. Yeah. And you know, in terms of the, what it costs every day, it, that's hard. That's just really hard. Um, but that's the job and the job comes to an end. You know, I talked to a guy about it one day. I was Caitlin and I were talking. I said, there's no freaking way I could do this for a year. Like, like, you know, Jeff in Mockingbird. I said, I can't, I couldn't do this for a year. It would kill me or I'd really be crazy. 
And then we were like, because uh, Cherry Jones, uh, when she was in doubt, I guess somebody asked her that question and she said, you just, you can't do that all the time. Mm-hmm. So you learn a different way to do it. So I was talking to Guy and I said, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do this for a year. And he said, no, no, you'd have to do it a different way. And, and uh, luckily I don't have to do it a different way because I'm not sure I know how to do it a different way, <laughs> you know. Um, so, so, you know, the last couple of weeks were brutal. But you, but but then it's also wow! I never get to do this again. I am mm-hmm. never having this experience again ever. With, without so getting then, too too specific here, because I, I you just said the last couple of weeks were brutal, and I saw it one of the last weeks, and like yeah. that, and I know I keep bringing up this ending, but I'll never forget the I, I, oh god, why can't it, the the lead's name? I think his name's Ryan Black, the actor that uh, Ryan, that yeah, played your yeah, son. Yeah, um, he yeah. Uh, the way he said "Oh, mama." When he came out the door at yeah. the end, I was like, like that freaking touched me. And I'm not like a, you know, uh, I don't cry at movies. I don't, I don't get emotional over things. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, it didn't like, I wasn't walking out the door sobbing or anything, but it, it hit me. It was like, oh my yeah. God. And I wasn't yeah. expecting it either. Cause I didn't know. I, I was, like I said, I was familiar with the play, but I had no idea it ended that way. And I mean, right. was the end supposed to convey some sort of hope? Cause you're lying there on the grass with him going, live, live, you know, don't let this, you know, uh, stop you. You know, the real, the real answer is people take from it what they will. So, I mean, hopefully he's not dead yet, but I, that, <laughs> I, I don't even know what the intention was for guy. Mm-hmm. I know for me, um, Again, I have two sons and we've experienced things. And even if we hadn't, um, you know, help him. That's what a mom does, mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, and yeah, that's another point. You know, Ryan was a wreck. Caitlin was a wreck, you know. Um, but we, we had each other. And in the dressing room, Caitlin and I had Susan and Lauren every minute and they what yeah sure they weren't on stage the whole time but they still had to go through it they had to hear it they had to do their part lauren had to come out there every night and be you know offer hope and sunshine and the other side of this coin right, you know right yeah we talked about that she so, was on last week's and we oh, talked about yeah, that a little bit yeah, yeah um yeah. so it just you know it just i mean ryan and i every night and richard and caitlin we'd walk down those stairs together just arm in arm to make sure the other person was okay. Then you look each other in the eye and you say, okay, see you tomorrow. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. art. That's what that is that, you know, that's, that's sincere <laughs> and, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to the act acting questions. Uh, who are your influences? Yeah. Yeah. Like who did you, uh, who did you look up to as, as an act actress? I should say, who do you look up to still? Oh, gosh, everybody. I mean, okay, this is, I mean, um, when I was younger, Meryl Streep was always so good, it made me crazy. Um, But, of course, her. Um, I mean, just in terms of stage actresses, uh, I got to see Judi Dench play Cleopatra opposite Anthony Hopkins. That was pretty amazing. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, outstanding. Um, when I was in a freshman, I think in college, we went. American Players was just starting, and we went there and saw Titus Andronicus and Midsummer Night's Dream. And Randall Duke Kim started the company. He knocked my shit away. I I, I, I mean, he's still one of the people I would go to. And then a couple years later, we were doing um, Mary Stewart, um, Schiller's Mary Stewart, and I was playing Mary, and we did a fundraiser for them. And that turned out to be one of his favorite plays. And we were doing something. And he's like, where's Mary? Where's Mary? And I was like, I was trying to hide. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody ratted me out. And he said, do a monologue for me. And I really, I can't believe I did this. He's standing there, right? Like toe to toe. And I said, no. (laughs) And he took my hands and he was like, do a monologue for me. I said, no. And he said, please. And so I closed my eyes because I couldn't take it. (laughs) I mean, I would have married him. You know what I mean? I was so starstruck. And, uh, I did my little monologue and I opened my eyes and, uh, he kissed me on the forehead in a very kind way. And he said, stand still and tell the truth. That's all you need to do. Wow. I have never forgotten that. And that's what we do here too. Um, Alan Rickman, give me a break, anything. Emma Thompson, 
you know, um, Kate Winslet. I mean, I know they're all movie actors, but they're stage people too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we saw, we saw Jude Law in Hamlet on Broadway years ago. That was one of the most outstanding performances I've ever going to, I'm ever going to see, you know, getting to see Jeff in Mockingbird, a, a killer, you know, he's amazing. Yeah. That'll Killian's be one they're talking amazing. about for, um, for years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people, um, but it all boils, and it, it could be someone I don't know who they are, you, you know. But it's, it's I mean, um, Daniel Day-Lewis, you don't recognize him half the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Iron Lady, uh, Meryl Streep as Margaret Thatcher. My husband and I were watching that movie, and we're like 10 minutes in, he goes, where's Meryl Streep? And I said, honey, you've been watching her for about 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, um you know so, who's you know who's really good for that uh, for disappearing into roles that and nobody really mentions him but Christopher Guest uh, from Spinal yes, Tap. You're right. He's you're different right. in everything, yep. and he's yeah, also like yeah, Daniel Day Lewis yeah. in that he doesn't uh, he doesn't take projects all the time. He he very right. very selective. No, he doesn't. He's he does not. No, yeah. And you know, I mean, I appreciate anyone with a great sense of humor. Um, uh, my husband does film stuff now too, so he worked on Jumanji, and just the way The Rock and Jack Black kind of made fun of themselves in a way uh-huh. in that movie, I I love that, and and I don't know, um, what's it called, Ragnarok? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth and Tom, Tom Hiddleston cracked me up because they're making fun of their own. What makes them famous? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. She's somebody. Yeah, she did. She, did you see uh, the Dead Don't Die that just came out uh, last month? No, she's no. in that. It's if it's, it's scary. No, it's no, scary. no. It's a comedy. It's like a it's like a satire oh, okay. on zombie movies, and she plays this. I'm not even going to tell you if you like Tilda Swinton, you okay, should watch I'll that. I'll go see it. I'll go see it. Did you see? Sorry to get off, but have you seen The Only Lovers Left Alive? I have not. No. Okay, it's Jim Jarmusch. It's it's Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. Part of it's filmed in Detroit. It's outstanding. Huh. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And and the the thing, the the kind of person they are in that movie is something I am terrified of, and I don't do those movies. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. What's it called again? The only lovers left alive. The only lovers left alive. All right, I'll I'll check that yeah. out because I love Tilda. Swift. Have yeah. you ever seen a Snowpiercer? No, that's I another Tilda one. Swinton one. Check that out. That's okay. an awesome sci-fi movie. Awesome. Um, but uh, so, so back to uh, back to the. I got one more actress question for you. Uh, what's a role okay. that you okay. you haven't played yet that you want to play? Uh, I don't know. Well, I still want to play Beatrice in Much Ado About Nothing, and I don't care how old I am because I think that would be fun. Um. Uh. I don't know. You know, people talk about death of a salesman and playing Linda. That would be great, but I just played Kate, so mm-hmm. I'm okay. Um, I really don't know. I the next one, you know, um, the next one. I like pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't have one. That's crazy. Well, well, I, I mean that, that that so the future is wide open. Then it's just sort of like I mean maybe yeah, if you, yeah. if I'd asked you that twenty years ago, do you think you would have? Could you think of one then? Do oh you yeah, think? yeah, I probably would have. Probably would have been streetcar. Uh, um, you know, um, I you know, um, I uh, you know, long day's journey is that the one? Is that the one? What's the what's the O'Neill one with Mary, who's the addict? I'm not sure. Maybe that is Long Day's Journey. I'm not sure either. That gets talked about sometimes. I, I, that would be interesting. We've talked about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. That mm. scares the daylights out of me, so that's probably one I ought to do. Cause I'm like, ooh, you know. Um, so that would be fun, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to not think of, of of stuff for you. Like, I, 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 my theater is mostly limited to musicals, like that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys do uh, – uh, straight plays at the at the rose uh but i'm trying to think of like one that you would be good in in a musical and you, actually you mentioned you if i could sing <laughs> oh you can't sing well kind of but not good enough to really be in a musical uh but go ahead well the, who, who do you think i should be in a musical well that's the thing i'm 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 struggling i i like you said you, you can't think of one i'm like I, I i know that i think it's because you seem so versatile like you're you can play i've seen you even just in the two roles that i've seen you play those characters are so different 
you know, one was a modern one, and, one was took place in the 40s or 30s, whatever it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I, th- what I wanted to bring up is you mentioned Judy Dench earlier, and not to yeah. to get off. Have you seen the Cats trailer, the new Cats movie that's coming no, out? I haven't. No, it no. is. It is. Don't bother. It's like the oh. the the one comment I saw in it that summed everything up was, "What kind of sleep paralysis shit is this?" It looks oh, absolutely no. terrifying. And she's old Deuteronomy in that. Um, okay. So yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, mean, I think it'd be fun to be what's her name in. Um, Sweeney Todd to be Angela Lansbury. Oh, and yeah. also, okay, I do have a musical one. You know who I'd like to be? Who? <laughs> Mrs. Potts. Oh, hell yeah. That's Mrs. perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I would love to be Mrs. Potts. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's. Oh, oh, I got another one. I still want to be Mrs. Banks and Mary Poppins. Yeah. I just want to do that suffragette song. I don't it, care. Votes for women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because. Just because. Why not? Um, so, yeah. So, there you go. Oh, I know. I know. I do have another one. I tease people about this, but I'm deadly serious. When I'm in my 80s, I am not joking. I really want to play Smee in Peter Pan. Miss Smee? Is it Captain Hook's Smee? Smee? Yeah, little little minion. Huh. I just think that would be really fun and completely ridiculous. I just want to play Smee when I'm in my 80s, though. Well, I'll look out for that one then. Captain Hook. I used to want to be Captain Hook, but that's okay. I've been enough bad guys. You could you could do that though. That I could see, like a a, a gender swap <laughs> Captain Hook. That would that you yeah, would you yeah. would do that. Oh, um, I could be a meanie. Absolutely. Uh, so I wanted to ask because we're we're uh, we're closing in here, uh, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I I do want to ask you about Welcome to Paradise, which you directed and which is yes. uh, running at the Rose right now. So tell us about that. It's great. Um. It's a world premiere. Uh, there was a workshop production of it uh, three years ago, I think. You know, it was three performances, but it was a workshop, so um, that's different. Um, but the artistic director of this little theater called Theater Now in New York City, they were, I think, doing the workshop. He sent me the script, and he thought, you know, this might be a good fit. He'd done a little research on, on Purple Rose, and I liked it. So we kept it around, and then, you know, we did a table reading, uh, let's say, a year and a half ago. And Guy said, great. So we booked it, didn't know the playwright, nothing, you know, and we knew we had, you know, we could cast it. And uh, I I love it. I think it's such a delightful comedy that also is about something, you know, I mean, what is it? What, what are, what are, there aren't parameters to friendship. What, you know, you can, you can love someone who's three. I, I, I taught daycare. Toddlers fall in love. You know, there's different kinds of love there's just what is what is the nature of family what does family mean you know and then the whole thing about getting older and and children worrying about their parents and parents you know all that stuff it's all in there and then it's set in a mythical caribbean island you know um and it's full of surprises so so yeah so go see (laughs) it it's a great cast they're amazing people and they're fun and it's funny and it's heartbreaking and it's all of those things when did you what was the first play you directed at the rose and when was that oh i don't remember when it was i think it might have been 2001 it was a new script called hope for corky randy godwin wrote that um and it was a comedy about people dying of cancer so there you go um so that was the first one i did that was great you know guy was in new york directing rain dance um, so I was really on my own, which was awesome, because otherwise I would have probably asked for too much advice all the time. You know, so it was Randy and I and Amy Klein, who's our company manager, was the stage manager. Um, it was great. And then the next one I directed was Carrie Crimp's first play at the theater, um, Growing Pretty. Oh, okay. And, and you that, also, was, that you... was great, too. And she handed me a play with, you know, three location, locations on one page more than once. And my husband designed that set. You know, we just figured it all out. It was, it was cool. And you've also done On Golden Pond and The Last Romance yes. as well. Yes. And Mornings at 7, which was really a great experience. Because um, that's a three-act play with nine people, you know. Do you, are you directing anything else uh, coming up in the next? Yeah, I'm directing, I'm directing Sherlock in the fall. So we've had our, yesterday was our second production meeting. Uh, and then I had another one today. All Not right. a pull-out one, but, but yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, what else you got coming up in the future then besides that? Um, plugging away at work, and then our um, 
I think our season's been announced. Sure, it has. Um, the Spring Show is a new play by Carrie Krim called Paint Night, and I'm in that one too. Wow. So, and and, yeah. and on top of that, you got your other and I'm duties. Gonna understudy. I'm going to understudy in the winter. Uh, in in uh, in road road songs or road signs. Road signs. Yes, I'm going to understudy Ruth Crawford. I'm so excited, and I really hope I don't have to go on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, awesome, and, and, and all this in addition to the apprenticeship program, which which we we, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't but get... I have a lot of help. I mean, the stage management team. I have a ton of help. We all we all work together. Everybody's got everyone at the theater has way too many jobs. We really do. That's that's nonprofit theater, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People people think, oh, I'm going to be the artistic director one day. I'm never going to have to clean toilets. And it's like I know an artistic director right now of a really great theater in Michigan who has clean toilets. So. Don't say that. You never say never. You know. <laughs> <laughs> clean toilets. Yeah, yeah, I clean toilets, man. I clean yeah. toilets every Saturday. Yeah. So I'm there not you above go. that. Yeah. Yeah. So good skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to. Yeah, it uh, really is. Nothing's beneath you, you know. It's, it's, That's right. Yeah. Well, and if something needs to be cleaned, clean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, you, you've got a, you said you've got a, what is it, what's it called, um, at six? A put-in rehearsal. So one of the understudies is going on tomorrow and Friday, um, for an actress who had, a, a, a approved time off to go to her brother's wedding. And luckily we have great understudies. So the people who are coming tomorrow and Friday are going to get a great show. And so, yeah, Angie's got her put-in tonight. All right. So not... she rehearses with the current cast. Oh, okay. So that's what a put in is. I'd never heard that term yes. before. So I learned something new today. Yep. Um, great. Cool. Well, th- Michelle, thanks so much for coming on. It's been it's been great talking to you. Um, it's been like I said, the class was such a, a great experience. I'd like to do it again. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to, but if I can, I will. Um, and, oh, awesome! And... I would love to have you in class anytime, anywhere. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, yeah. for everybody else, uh, you know, check that out. Purple Rose, uh, uh, the the website for the Purple Rose Theater is purplerosetheater.org, and that's theater R E. Um, yep. Go up there and check it. It's under education. They got all sorts of stuff. They got a Shakespeare class, playwriting class, bunch of stuff. Um, yep. And yep. then uh, go see Welcome to Paradise, which is uh, which is playing awesome. right now. Yeah, it's it's they're 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 I love them. They're great. So thank you. This has been really fun, Alex. Yeah, yeah. And uh, next week yeah. I have another person that I met in the class, uh, Maria Kelly, who's an actress. Uh, she's going to be on. So uh, she'll be back, and uh, or she'll be she'll be on for the first time, at, rather. Um, and I will be back, and uh, I will talk to everybody then. So um, everybody have a great week, um, Michelle. Thank you one last time. Uh, hang on the line. I'll give you a quick goodbye uh, once we're off the air. Um, great. But uh, everybody else, have a great week. This has been American Weiner on podcastdetroit.com.